Wonderful, beautiful people. God bless you. This is PJ on the Morning Fellowship. And as you know, if you can hear, then you got to call somebody to also come and hear. God bless you for tuning in. Stay tuned. And let's do what we got to do. God bless you so much. Thank you. And I love you. to the word of God and still you don't have a pure conscience you are lacking the ability to love God you hear PJ you hear CM radio you hear choice of the father let us also make a choice of fulfillment when i listen to pj in the morning fellowship i know my morning is going blessed when you start approaching god with a pure mind he starts approaching you with a clean anointing. Who is ready to know God? So how do you understand God? In all of these things, there are secrets behind all these things we are talking about. It's time to know God. It is time to grow in Christ. Join PJ every Saturday for morning fellowship, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. and let's grow.
on hay. We thank thee for the sunshine and the air that we breathe, O oh Lord. We thank thee. Thank thee for the rivers that run all day. Thank thee for the little birds that sing along the way. Thank thee for the trees and the deep blue sea, O Lord, we thank thee. Oh yes, we thank thee, Lord, for every flower that blooms, birds that sing, fish that swim, and the light of the moon. We thank thee every day as we kneel and pray. That we were born with eyes to see these things. Thank thee for the fields where the clover is grown. Thank thee for the pastures where cattle may roam. Thank thee for thy love so pure and that sing, fish that swim, and the light of the moon. We thank thee every day as we kneel and pray that we were born with eyes to see these things. Yes, we thank thee for the fields where the clover is grown. Thank thee for the pastures where cattle may roam. Thank thee for thy love so pure and so free, O oh Lord, we thank
you and we praise your holy name thank you for your love precious father precious jesus you are always amazing and wonderful to us thank you for the possibility of seeing the day and having this fellowship with you we praise your holy name and we will continue to say that you are god you are our father and you are our savior Thank you for the blood of Jesus and the finished work of Jesus on the cross for our sake. Thank you so much, Lord, for your power that is available for us and for the wonderful works you do for us. That proves that indeed you are our Father, indeed you are our God, and indeed you are everything to us. Thank you for this wonderful family that listens to me, Lord, I pray that you will continue to lift them, bless them. I pray that they will never lack every good thing in their lives. I 
pray that you continue to lift your name upon their lives. And may they, may they never have a cause to doubt. May they never have a cause of any need or of any want. Because you are their shepherd and they will never lack. I thank you for blessing them, blessing them with your name. And lifted your countenance upon them. In the glorious name of Jesus. Amen and Amen. God bless you. And of course, you know my name is PJ. And I am happy. It's a good day to thank God. It's a good day to have fellowship. It's a beautiful day to be united in the spirit and in one body, in one mind, like the Apostle Paul said to the church. He says, you know, it is very nice that we are all like-minded, like we have the same mind when it comes to our Christian faith. And so it's always beautiful, no matter the church you go to, doesn't matter where you find yourself, there's no barrier in the spirit. So for us to be able to come together and do what we have to do like this one, in the name of Jesus, is beautiful. So God bless you for the time and your love and your support making this possible. God bless you. So for some time now, we've been dealing with why are we Christians and we've come to realize a lot of things as the Bible has made it clear to us. And we also thank God for the possibility of using scriptures to interpret scriptures and then the Holy Spirit granting us the help for us to be able to connect one or two things from the scriptures and so we understand that so far if you are a believer of Christ you have already entered your heavenly Jerusalem in the spirit we have already said that we have um, read about that and we know that heaven begins right here on earth with Jesus in our hearts because Jesus is heaven he is the one if you see Jesus you've seen heaven if you see Jesus you have seen God if you see Jesus you have seen everything that you want to see the day you die and go and wait for rapture everything you want to see as in Jesus and Jesus himself said that we will come and make our home in you and we understand that um, sin should not be able to stop a believer from enjoying the blessings of Jesus in our lives and the blessings of heaven because if we are able to recognize that we've made mistakes I was his God is faithful and just to forgive us. We looked at the possibility of someone falling, that kind of Christian fall, and then we realized that that one is very possible and is very dangerous. It's very dangerous. That um, we shouldn't ever think of letting anything come between us and God. Bible says that 
can anything separate us from the love of Christ? You know, nothing should be able to separate us from the love of Christ. We should be able to be very consistent in our trust and in our service to God. Because it is the people that the devil send our way that they use whatever doctrines they have. When I told you, right in the presence of Jesus, the uh, Satan was quoting scriptures. Satan was mentioning things from the Bible. You know, and so don't think that Satan is afraid of you. <laughs> the only thing that Satan is afraid of is Jesus who is in us and his blood that is working. Bible said they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Yeah, so this guy was able to stand before Jesus. So you think he can send people to come and confuse us and take us from our faith and make sure that um, because of what we are going through or because of what um, we have heard, then we are, you know, saying that, oh, we don't want to be Christians anymore. Some people have stopped being Christians because of what they saw happen in their churches, what they, they saw at so-called leaders do. And then they are like, if leaders are doing this, why am I here? And then they stop being Christians. But you should understand that the fact that somebody says, I'm a leader, I'm a, I'm a pastor, I'm, a, I'm an apostle, I'm, I'm a this, you know, does not mean that um, you should make them your personal Holy Spirit. You know, you have the Holy Spirit for yourself. And it's unfortunate, but the Bible has said it, that we have false prophets, false teachers. They are all there. So you should be aware of these things. And they shouldn't make you fall. They shouldn't disturb your faith. Just to make you fall. No. Because they are the Jesus himself said it. In our last days, these things will happen. And they've been in the days of after the death and resurrection of Jesus and ascension of Jesus to heaven, you know, uh, the Bible says now Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father. Right from there, false, even Jesus said, those who came before me were thieves. <laughs> so they are there and they will always be there. But you have to, you know, find your way into the right channel. And the Bible says that the, the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. So you have to stand your guard. Like Jesus says, watch and pray. You have to stand your guard because it is, it is a, a little thing that can just make people fall. This, this something small can just make you fall. But if you are very consistent in your faith and you you are so deep into the things of God, definitely God has a way to also keep you and protect you. Like Apostle Paul was praying for the church and he said, 
I commend you to the grace of God that is able to keep you and preserve you. You know, so God's grace is able to keep us and preserve us as long as we remain in Him and trust in Him. So having have all these introductions and, you know, it's been part three of introduction. Today is part four and we want to understand why we are Christians. So we are going to take it from a very simple angle so that we look at what happened on that side and then connect it to what we are supposed to do or we are supposed to be as believers of Christ. So the, the, the angle we are going to take it from is what is the duty of man? What is the duty of man? What is the duty of man? If we are able to um, revise ourselves to what God gave us, you know, in the creation of man, talking about the first man God created, that was Adam, and then the first woman he created, that was Eve. But in this case, when I say man, it is a general thing for both man and woman. So it's for all human beings. What is the duty of man? That word man is for everybody. Whether you are a woman or you are a male, it's for everybody. So what is the duty of man? We look at it and then we can realize whether we have prospered in that duty or we have not. This is going to help us get into why Christianity came, why the, the, the belief of Jesus had to come into the system, why the ministry of Jesus had to come into the system. Then it opens up for us to know why we are also Christians then. You see, so it's, it's going to make it very simple and um, very easy. All right. I'm going to do my best to be able to get into it well because um, right after this program, I have another appointment I have to run to. So I'm also trying to make sure that um, I don't rush, but then I'm able to present something that will help us as the Holy Spirit grants us the uh, the strength to do it. So let's first look at the scriptures in Genesis chapter 1. You know, Genesis chapter 1. And then we look at verse 26 to 28. Glory to God. Genesis Chapter 1, from verse 26 to verse 28. Hmm, glory to God. When I read in the New Living Translation, this is what we have here in the New Living Translation. Genesis 1, 26 to 28. 
Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Verse 27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, he created them male and female. He created them. 28. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. So, we know that is what God said to man. Okay. What does it mean with everything that we just read? You know, let me also add the King James to it. This is King James. And God said, let us make man in our image and likeness. After, in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. And over the fowl of the air. And over the cattle. And over the, all the earth. And over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, him, male and female, created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. This is a very powerful instruction that God gave man you know and for God to want to have a creation that looks like him when we, when we say God said let us make man or let us create human beings in our image and our likeness it's it's simply means that God had an intention to create human beings to have God's possibilities. You understand? God made human beings so that we could function like Him. So when we say that um, in the image and likeness of God, we are specifically saying that God made human beings to function like him. You understand? To function like him. And it has nothing to do with um, physical resemblance. You know, because we all don't look like the same. I am, my face is different from yours. Even when it comes to twins, we have unidentical twins. And even those that are identical, there is something that is different that will let you know that this is the first and this is the second. So it's not about facial, facial, you know, resemblance or height. It's not about height or color. It's about functionality. All right. So if you just join us, we are looking at the duty of man. 
for us to be able to go deep into why Jesus, the ministry of Jesus and Christianity had to come so that we can find the main reason why we are Christians. And we just read Genesis chapter 1 from verse 26 to verse 28. So, God has made man. And the more, one, one interesting thing about God want, having the desire to create human beings to be like him in, in functionality is very simple. The connection of God's dominion power. You know, God is a king. He has a kingdom. And he wanted to have things, something that will also function like him to also have dominion. You understand? So he made human beings and gave us dominionship. That's why he told Adam and he told, you know, he gave him a very simple instruction. And this is what he said to him. That, uh, they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals on earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said now hear me well God blessed them and said be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and govern it what is the meaning of govern it are you catching it this is Genesis chapter 1 and I'm in verse 28 I'm reading from the New Living Translation God blessed them and said be fruitful and multiply Now, the word be fruitful and multiply is a, is a word God released over human beings. But the instruction comes after the blessing. You see, be fruitful and multiply is, is a word of blessing released. But then he comes to the instruction and says, fill the earth and govern it. In other words, make the earth fruitful productive make the earth your 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 kingdom and govern it so god gave the earth to man as our kingdom are you hearing me god gave the earth to us as our kingdom to govern it we didn't create the earth god created the earth but he gave it to us to govern it just as God has his kingdom that he governs. He gave us the earth as our kingdom under God's kingdom. So that we can also exercise the powers of God. Remember, David said something in his songs that he was writing he had the revelation when god was making human beings and then the 
angels, the first time in the life of angels, they never heard the word man. So when God said, let us make man in our image and likeness, they were surprised. They were surprised. Why? They never heard that word before. They never heard that word man before. Angels never heard that word. So they even asked God a question. I want to get that question for you. <laughs> it is very interesting. David just like he he had that, you know, blessing to be able to realize what happened during creation. Now listen to this. This this is the question the angels asked God when God said, "Let us make man." See, when God the let us was talking about God the Father the Son, well, as at that time we only know, knew the the Son as the Word. We never knew the name Jesus. We only knew Jesus as the Word in the Old Testament in the beginning of our understanding of what creation is. God said, and then the, the Apostle John brought us to the attention when, when he said, nothing was made that was made without him. Why? In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the word. Of course, because in the beginning, we only knew God, the word, and the Holy Spirit. Why? Because in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, remember what happened? The earth was, vo was you know, void and empty and dark. And the spirit of God was brooding over the dark waters. So we know there was God. We know there was Holy Spirit. But we only knew Jesus as the word. And then John the Apostle says that now the word became flesh. That means the word now becomes a human being. And for the first time, we realize that the word that God used to create has now become the son of God called jesus so when god said let us make man he was talking about himself the word and then the spirit and the angels asked the question this is the question they asked lord what is man that thou takest knowledge of him you understand the 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 angels didn't even ask who is man <laughs> they asked what is man and i i am taking you to what apostle paul wrote to the hebrew church he quoted what david said you okay so now hebrews chapter 2 verse 6 Right down to verse 8. I am, it is beautiful. Listen to this. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? So God has made man. And then the angels are asking God, What is man? 
and you are you are so mindful of him it's like you 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 care you they haven't seen god care about anything like human beings god cares about human beings and then they asked god what is man that you are too mindful of him to the extent that you even visit him and according to the bible we know that god was visiting adam in the garden he visited him bible says the voice of god walked in the garden so god visited man from time to time in the garden of aden and so the angels were like thou visitest him you even visit him why are you they never saw god do that god visiting because when the angels look angels are huge when they look at human beings we are we are we are nothing before them and yet they realize that there is something god has given us that has made us powerful than angels if you're hearing me for the first time listen and listen to me well we are powerful than angels why we have the holy spirit angels don't have the holy spirit we can call god abba father the word abba father means daddy the word abba means daddy nobody could ever ever call god daddy but he gave us the privilege to be able to call him daddy because of his holy spirit in us angels cannot call god daddy he's master he's god and then the bible says that don't you know that you judge angels you understand so yes they are huge but they know that we are the heirs of salvation our inheritance is god himself god has made us so special and the angels are confused that you even visit him and then verse 7 he says thou has made him a little lower than the angels the angels will say like you have even made man now the word angels means is not the word like angels angels no the the hebrew original hebrew word is elohim meaning you have made man a little lower than elohim elohim is a plural of god the father the son and the holy spirit is is a plural of god like you want to say gods you have made man lower than gods and the gods you're talking about is god the father the son and the holy spirit so the the right word this elohim now mind you those who translated the bible from the hebrew language the greek language the the latin or aramaic uh by uh, uh language scholars they were not spiritual people they were language scholars so when they see sentences like these they find it very hard to understand that man is a little lower than gods it's, it's hard for them so they put angels there just to make it more um more logical to understand but the word is elohim you have made man a little lower than you god your word and your spirit you are you hearing me and then you have crowned him with glory and honor angels knew that god has crowned human beings with glory and honor and then you set him over the works of your hands this is not something that angels have the privilege to have 
God hasn't crowned angels with glory and honor. He has crowned human beings with glory and honor. And the angels were asking these questions and then they asking God. And you have even set him over the works of your hands. You see? So we, we, we have been able to pull out how did the angels know that God had set you and I, human beings, over the works of his hands? Because I read it to you in Genesis chapter 1. Already he told Adam, fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Wow. So by the by the instruction and the things God said, the angels knew that in this world, look, there are angels that govern a lot of things in this world. But the, the world is not in the hands of the angels. God put the world in our hands. He put the world in the hands of human beings. Glory to his name. And the angels said it. They said, and thou hast set him over the works of thy hands. Now look at verse 8. Thou, that is Hebrews chapter 2, verse 8 now. It says, Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all things, he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now, he says, We see not yet all things put under him that is the problem what paul is saying here as he quoted what david said he said the angels asked you have put everything under his feet you have put everything into subjection under the feet of human beings and then paul is saying here that but we don't see everything put under man's feet although god said to adam i've put everything under your feet all human beings you have this power but we don't see it happening. We don't see it happening. <laughs> wow. Wow. Why? Why is it like that? Why? Why don't we see what God said we should do? He says, have dominion, govern the earth. But we are rather destroying the earth. So man has failed in his duty. We have failed. How did we fail? Something happened. When the snake was able to convince Eve to eat of the forbidden fruit, And he was, she was, she was also able to convince Adam to eat of the forbidden fruit. By the act of disobedience, man handed over the earth, the world, the earth, to the serpent. And we know the serpent is Satan. The reason why Satan is able to do what he is doing is because by the disobedience of Adam, he gave the governorship, the authority, the, the power over the earth. He gave it to Satan. That is why God cannot kill Satan. Why? Because legally, man 
has given authority of the land to Satan. Interesting. Why am I saying this? It's very simple. When Satan met Jesus, when Jesus was fasting 40 days and 40 nights, when Satan was testing Jesus and tempting him, remember, he took Jesus to the highest mountain and told Jesus, look at all the world and the glory of it. If you will bow to me, I will give you the world. Jesus made the world. Remember, in the beginning was a word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Nothing was made, nothing was created without the word. So Jesus was is actually the reason why the world was created. He is the power of creation of the world. And how dare Satan tell the tell Jesus who created the world to bow before him so that he, Satan, will give the world and the glory of it to Jesus. Why? How did he have that authority? How did he have that power to do that? It is because the authority God gave man over the world, man gave it to Satan because of disobedience. That is why that is why Paul continued to say here that but now we see not yet all things put under man but we see Jesus <laughs> but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels now Jesus has not been made a little lower than the God that's why now Jesus was calling God Father because he was now a human being so now he calls God Father, although in the spirit, Jesus was 100% God. But because now he's also in the flesh realm, he now has to call God Father. So he was limited because he called God Father. Bible says it was not a sin or robbery for Jesus to have said he was equal with God. But in humility, he suffered the death, even the death of the cross. So Jesus now was limited. That is why on the cross he cried, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? So he says, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Verse 10, for it became him whom are all things, and by whom are all things in bringing many sons many sons into glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings what does it mean paul is saying that we whatever god gave man as authority over the earth we don't see everything under man anymore because i just explained to you by disobedience he handed over the world to satan that's why when jesus came on earth he said, the prince of this world is coming, but I have nothing with him and he has nothing with me. He was talking about Satan. How come Jesus called Satan the prince of this world? It's because of the exchange. It's because man legally gave the world's authority to Satan. It was for us, but we gave it to him because Adam disobeyed God by eating the forbidden fruit. 
you understand now that someone who asked the question but god knew if god knows everything why did he have to put the forbidden fruit there you know and all that it's very simple you see what makes us special that even angels don't understand is because angels don't have choices we have choices the angels know they were they were made they were created by god to do whatever he says but we have what we call our own will to decide whether to serve god or not that is the image and likeness of god god has his own will god has the ability to make his own choices and he gave that ability to human beings also so everything good and bad was there and man now functioning like god had to make his own choice and then they make it they made a choice to, to to disobey god because the serpent was able to convince them and then the word was given to satan and god now jesus now calls satan the prince of this world now what is the wisdom behind jesus being tempted by satan 40 days and 40 nights it's very simple let me explain it to you remember bible says adam was the first adam and jesus is the second and the last adam through adam his disobedience he handed over the world to satan and sin came into this world bible says but through jesus righteousness has come the first adam through temptation of eating the forbidden fruit failed and gave the word to satan now jesus has come as the second and last adam as the first adam was tempted jesus also had to be tempted and then we will see whether he will fail or not so jesus had to face temptation before satan as a human being that's why jesus could not use his power when satan was exchanging with him on quoting the scriptures and jesus who also quote jesus had the power to have crushed this satan but because he was in the capacity of a human being he had to be weak that's why he fasted i don't know why some pastors are fasting for 40 days and 40 nights it's a very simple understanding jesus had to do that fasting so that he can be very weak and function as a human being so that when satan is tempting jesus he is tempting him as a human being and not as god so jesus was very weak very weak 40 days and 40 nights fasting it's not easy he was very weak that's why the satan said you know you have the power to turn this stone into 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 bread jesus could have done it but he didn't do it why because he had to go through that temptation as a human being if jesus failed that temptation then that would be the end of humanity satan would have taken over everything but because in the weakness of jesus in hunger in thirst in stress in everything human beings go through Look, it's not easy to be tempted 40 days and 40 nights. The one you read in the Bible that Satan said, Satan said, Satan, it is simple. You can read it. But if you are looking at practically, Satan was 
with Jesus throughout the 40 days and 40 nights, tempting him with everything he could tempt him with. And I'm telling you, Jesus fought as a human being and he was able to conquer Satan in that temptation by saying, get behind me. If Adam could have said that in the first temptation, Satan will not have the power over the world. But Jesus in his weakness was able to resist the devil. That's why now he says resist the devil and he will flee from you. Why? Because in the weakness of Jesus, he was able to resist the devil. And that is how come Paul says that Jesus suffering through death brought grace. So we now realize that man failed in his duty of being a steward. What we are saying here is that the first duty God gave man was to be a steward of God's creation and to subject creation under him. That was what he told Adam. And that would have been the order for all human beings. That's why when Adam failed, all human beings failed. Although we were not there. But practically because everything was under Adam. Whatever happened to him, happened to us even before we came. You see? So Adam, through Adam, man failed in the stewardship, being the steward of God's creation and to have subject, to have dominion and put everything under man, man failed. Man failed. We are getting to why Jesus, you know, at least I've given you a glimpse of why Jesus had to come. But we'll go deeper into it later. But I'm, I still want you to understand that the duty God gave man, we failed. If we understand this duty God gave man, and then we move into understanding the ministry and the coming in of Jesus into this world, as I've already explained a little bit of it, then we will be able to understand what it is, why are we Christians? And then you will know that it's not just because of heaven. Because already, I told you from the first time I, you know, in the part one, that if you have Jesus in you, spiritually you are in your heaven. I read the scripture to you. He says, we have come to the heavenly Jerusalem, to the innumerable, uncountable company of angels, to God himself, and to the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus, which is better than the, the, the blood of uh, Abel. He says, to Jesus himself, and to the spirit of just men, make perfect. We have come there, although we are still in this world, but we are there in the spirit. That's why you can now pray and have the power of God work in your life. That is why you can now lift up your hands and worship why? Because you can access heaven through Jesus Christ and in the name of Jesus Christ. So don't wait and die before you think that you go to heaven. You are already in heaven. The dying to go there is just a process, but we are already there in the spirit. Hallelujah. This is beautiful. So now we have, we have to understand what is the duty of man. And then now you know that we failed. 
we failed. <laughs> it is really sad, but <laughs> we failed. We failed God. He said, be stewards over my creation. Govern it means that be stewards. And we failed as stewards. Let me take you to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. It is just beautiful. Genesis chapter 2. And then we see what is there also. We are still looking at the duty of man, okay? So now we are in Genesis chapter 2. And I want to read to you from verse 15. And I'm reading Genesis 2, 15 to 17. Now... I am going to make it available, this teaching available on your phone so that you can listen to it again and again and you can even share it to another person. So um, when I'm done and then you want me to send you a copy of this message, I'll send it to you. It, it, it will be a podcast. So when I send it to you, you'll see the first message. Listen to my latest podcast. And then you see my picture and then the link. Just click on the picture. The whole message will open. And then all the messages I've already preached. I've put some there. The, the Sunday Miracles prayers. Some are also there. So you can just keep listening and keep listening and keep listening. All right. So they can be able to do it. So just write my number down. And when I'm done, just send me a message. Say, I want a copy of the message. And I'll just, you know, send it to you. So that you can also um, enjoy it. And then have more time to understand it more and more and more. You know, maybe you missed the scripture, you missed something I said, you will have it all back when you're able to listen to it. So take my number, 860-709-0793. All right, so now let's look at Genesis chapter 2. From verse 15 to 17. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Aden to dress it. That means to be a steward over it. To take care of it. And to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil... Thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day thou, that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. The New Living Translation says that the Lord God placed the man in the garden of Aden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and if you eat and if all right of knowledge of good and evil okay if you eat its fruit you are sure to die wow number one when 
Adam failed in this instruction, he didn't just fail, he also died. That death involved every human being, those who were on the earth and those of us who were yet to come. What kind of death are we talking about? That de death, because when Adam and Eve ate the, uh, the forbidden fruit, they didn't die physically. They were still there and God spoke to them in the garden. We said, why are you hiding? So they didn't die. And I have heard a lot of people also talk on social media. God is a liar. He said Adam and Eve would die if they ate the, the, the forbidden fruit, but they didn't die. Of course they died. Bible says God threw them out of the garden. Do you know what that means? For the first time in creation, man was hiding from God. The next thing was that they started blaming each other. The woman you gave me. You see, Adam first blamed God. The woman you gave me. And then the woman blamed the creation of God, the serpent. <laughs> what does it mean? Spiritual separation. Adam's disobedience brought spiritual separation between human beings and God. To confirm this separation, God said to Adam, because of you, the earth is cursed. God didn't curse Adam and Eve. God doesn't curse God cannot curse you. He can't curse us. Why? Because we are in his image and likeness. But he can punish us because he has the power to do it. And he punished Adam and Eve by cursing the land. Which land? The land that he gave to man to have power over it. Now, man has given the land to Satan. So God cursed the land. And then he said, if you plant anything, it will bring you thorns. And Kasei Nebipi, he told the woman, you will struggle nine months before you will give birth. In pure, hurtful labor. You see? So we, man failed. And that failure brought punishment and that punishment is significant to spiritual separation that is spiritual death it is sad when jesus was the, in the first time of history in the in the history of heaven and earth in the history of the kingdom of god and earth in the history of everything the first time Jesus had to be separated from God the Father because of sin. That is why when Jesus was praying, he said, If it is possible, Father, if it is possible, let this cup run over me. Jesus was not afraid to die, but the separation from the Father was hard for him. Why? 
Jesus was going to be in the position of Adam to be punished, punished and be separated from God. God hates sin and Jesus knows it. So that's why when Jesus was on the cross, he knew God had turned his back. He knew God has left. So he cried, Eloi, Eloi, Samatabatani. He says, my Lord, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? Because on the cross, Jesus became Adam. Jesus became human being. Jesus became sin. Jesus became what Adam brought into this world through disobedience. Jesus, you see, now because of COVID, you understand infection. When the virus gets into the person, the person becomes <laughs> becomes a disease. So when Jesus was on the cross, he became a disease. He was sin. So when Isaiah saw it in the realms of the spirit and prophesied, he says, nobody wanted to say, this is the person I, I want to be with. Why? Jesus was deformed on the cross. Jesus, he says, he was not worthy to be looked upon on the cross. That is how nasty our sin is. That is how nasty we looked in the presence of God. I'm going to show it to you. If it's true that we looked very nasty in the presence of God. That is how Jesus was looking on the cross. I was preparing to go preach a message. We had just started a fellowship in Ghana. Um, if you, are, you know Accra very well, there's a place when you're going to Awushi, there about, there's a place called um, Hong Kong. We started a fellowship there as God guided us to. And one of the nights when I was preparing a message to go preach the next day, I had a vision. I saw Jesus and then he said, as you are going to preach, tell my people. And that's what I like about Jesus. The fellowship, we were not a lot. We were like four or five people. But Jesus was so concerned about the four or five numbers. He was so concerned that he gave me that vision and said, when you go and preach, tell my people. They were like this. And I saw Jesus on the cross. He says they were like, when he pointed, I saw him on the cross. And man, the darkness, the darkness, the filthiness. He says, tell my people. So I told them actually when I went to preach. It was a beautiful thing. He says, they were like this. But now, they are like this. And then he pointed to himself. What he was wearing what Jesus was wearing, the garment he was wearing, was made of light. Do you understand? It's like what It cannot be explained. He says, Tell them they were like this. Now they are like this. Meaning they were this. They were sin. Look at me on the cross. That is how they were. But now, because they have received me, look at me. They are wearing, they are like this. That means we are we are we are we are also like wearing garments made of light. It was a beautiful vision. We didn't have thousand people in the church. It was, it was a four or five people. We just started like 
a week or two before I saw that vision. So Jesus really liked that fellowship with dead. <laughs> he says, tell them. They were like this. Now they are like this. So Jesus on the cross, oh, that darkness. Ah, man. I, I was shocked. I, in fact, and it was not for me to just see Jesus. It was for me to know how it is for human beings to have lived in sin if Jesus hadn't come. It's, it's, wow, that's the separation. It's not easy. So what am I talking about? For man to totally obey God in order to maintain fellowship with God, we failed. Our For Adam to have maintained fellowship, because the Bible says God was visiting Adam in the garden. In the cool of the day, God will go and speak. They knew his presence. They knew his presence. And God was speaking to them like voice to voice. It's not spirit to spirit, spiritual. It was voice. They could hear voice like you are hearing my voice. It was beautiful and amazing. And they lost it. They lost it. And this affected humanity. So to be separated from God is a very deep thing. It's, it's, it's a very deep thing. Look at Isaiah 64 verse 6. Let me read Isaiah 64, verse 6. Where is Isaiah? Ah, there, Labrosa. Isaiah 64. Hey, God. Thank you, Lord. Now, Isaiah 64, verse 6. The King James says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf. And our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Listen to the New Living Translation. This is Isaiah 64 verse 6. We are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, if we are in America, you know autumn, the, the season autumn leaves, we wither and fall. And our sins sweep us away like the wind. Even in Ghana, we have Hamatan, and where leaves start falling, and they just fall and blow away. He says, that's how we look like. See, we have every cause to thank Jesus for coming. So we were very filthy. God couldn't stand us. He, he had to show too much mercy to have not killed us before Jesus came. Because God cannot stand filthiness, but because of his love and grace. Bible says when we were yet sinners, when we were yet filthy, Christ died for us. Why the filthiness? Why is it that the as as Isaiah was saying that 
their, their righteousnesses were like filthy rags before God. Because of the separation, because of the separation, the spiritual death, the separation. In other words, nipani yaka because of boni eni sa efinuntino as a akayo abayeni nyanku pontim. It's 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 that like that. I tell you. That is that is what it means to say somebody is spiritually separated. Those who are saying publicly they are they are gays, they are lesbians, they and other people who are saying that for them they are going to hell and they are happy they are going to hell. This this guy who is now called the richest man in the world, Elon Musk, you know, one time posted on Twitter. You know, somebody was talking about heaven and all that. And he said, look, if I have to go to hell, I don't mind. That's what he said, Elon Musk. It's, it's, go, if, you, if you're on Twitter, type Elon Musk. It's, it's on his page. Keep reading down. You see it. So, a lot of people have declared their willingness to go to hell. These people, currently... They are separated from God. No matter their money, no matter how worthy they are, how beautiful physically they look, they are filthy before God. Yeah. So it is sad. It is very sad. It is very sad. Something has to be done. So number one, the duty of man was to be a steward of God's creation and to subject creation under him. He failed. For man to totally obey God in order to maintain fellowship with God, man failed. And because of that, there was what? A spiritual separation. Death. And if you are dead, your senses are also dead. What does it mean? If you are separated from God, if you are dead in the spirit, separated from God, you are also dead in your senses. So you cannot identify the presence of God because you are dead to God. You are dead. You are separated from God. So you will not be able to sense his presence. You will not be able to hear his voice. You will not be able to taste of his goodness. You will not be able to have access to so many things. So many things. It is not easy. It's a, it's a very sad thing. It is very sad. Now, the next thing concerning the same thing, let me try to read to you Romans chapter 3, verse 3. Isaiah, come shenino, all shen come say, wabe wo, abambe ni biya, maye, na wa friend he didn't say, all wa Hmm. 
Isaiah come sheni no shen come say Wobe woba beni Be a man Now your friend he did say Oh when he Asumji Thank you, Jesus. Livro say Kavala Badendoro Dobro. Thank you for loving us. Oh Lazia and the Haradizokradia does that. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now let's understand this. For the entrance of sin. Let's understand this, please. For the entrance of sin, man left God's presence and agenda. For the entrance of sin, because of Adam's disobedience and handed over the world to Satan, and now sin has come. Now, if you have ever read of the book of Enoch, you understand more about the heaviness of sin and how sin was taught to human beings oh boy oh boy it is filthy and nasty and one day i will I, we will go deep into the book of enoch so for the entrance of sin man left god's presence and agenda what was the agenda of god for man to be stewards of the creation of god man left that agenda hence the ushering in of christ jesus and his ministry So the reason for Jesus to come in was because sin has entered. Man has left God's presence. Man was dead spiritually, you know, separated from God and his agenda. And Jesus had to come in, number one, pay the price of our sin. Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God through Jesus is eternal life. So the wages of sin, the payment of our sins, because of Adam, was, was death. You had to die. And what was the death? Spiritual separation. Because God told Adam, when you eat of the forbidden fruit, I told you don't eat it, you will be separated from me. You will die. And that is the penalty. And Jesus came in with his ministry and I'll tell you what ministry it is very soon <laughs> but he came in because these things had to be dealt with so that something must happen so that something can happen are you, are you hearing me let me read to you again Romans chapter 3 verse 3 I'm starting from verse 1 and then I'll add uh, end in verse 3. What advantage then hath the Jew? Or what profit is there of circumcision? Verse 2. Much every way chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God for what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? 
Much every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. New Living Translation. Then, what's the advantage of being a Jew? Is there any value in the ceremony of circumcision? Yes, there are great benefits. First of all, the Jews were entrusted with the whole revelation of God. The whole revelation of God. How was that possible? How was that possible that now human beings have received revelation of God? Human beings have received the oracles of God. When we say the oracles of God, the mind of God has been given back to man. How is that possible? Hmm. How is that possible? Are you thinking about it? Because I am. <laughs> let me let me read this one also. Um, Romans chapter five. If I am right, not too sure. But if I'm right, Romans five. Um, let's look at beautiful, awesome God. Romans five twelve. Mighty God, we give you praise. Awesome God, we give you praise. Mighty God. Good. So where are we now? Please, if you just um, joined us, you would need to get this, you know, um, message so they can listen to it again. So, um, just let me know. I can just forward it to you. Romans chapter 5. From verse 12 to verse 17. Alright? Let me just read King James. And then we, we will look at um, New Living Translation. Oh, how I love Jesus. How I love Jesus. How I love Jesus. How I love Jesus. Therefore, wherefore, Romans 5, 12 to 17. I said 12 to 15 first, right? All right. But let me end it. Whatever 15, 17, whatever it is. Wherefore, as by one man, what is Adam? By one man, Sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all men have sinned. For unto the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. Even over them that had not sinned after the simulate after the simulate or uh, similitude, okay, after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come? Oh, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one man many be dead, how much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ hath abounded unto many 
Beautiful. Grace has abounded unto many. Now, he says in verse 16, And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many. Wow. Things are going through my mind. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which through abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. This... <laughs> Oh, oh! Look at that. I am, I am, I'm going through things. Okay, <laughs> forgive me. I am going through. I think I should first, again, read Amplified Classic. Listen to Amplified Classic. Hmm. Ah. Uh, oh. Uh. I need to play a song right now. Listen to Amplified Classic. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and through and death through sin, so death spread to all people. You see, death spread to all people because of one person, through, because of sin through one person. No one being able to stop it or escape its power. Nobody was able to escape its power because they all sinned. Sin was committed in the world before the law was given. But sin is not charged against anyone when there is no law against it. Yet, death ruled over mankind from Adam to Moses, the lawgiver, even over those who had not sinned as Adam did. Adam is a type of Christ who was to come. But in reverse, Adam brought destruction. Christ brought salvation. That is what I'm talking about. In reverse, Adam brought destruction. Jesus Christ brought salvation. But the free gift of God is not like the trespass because of the gift of grace. This is verse 15. But the free gift of God is not like the trespass because the gift of grace overwhelms the fall of man. The gift of grace overwhelms the fall of man. For if many died by one man's trespass, Adam's sin, much more abundantly did God's grace and gift that comes by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to benefit the many. Nor is the gift of grace like that which came through the one who sinned. For on the other hand, the judgment following the sin resulted from one trespass and brought condemnation. But on the other hand, the free gift resulted from trespasses and brought justification. The release from sin's penalty for those who believe. For if by the trespass of the, of the one Adam, death reigned through the one Adam, much more surely will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in eternal life through the one Jesus Christ. Did you, did you understand it? So, although you and I were not there, but because of what Adam did, the sin had come to everybody 
and the penalty of it. But the Bible says Jesus brought justification. Why? So that we will not be separated. Justification means that the penalty is not there anymore. You see, the release from sin's penalty for those who believe in Jesus. So Jesus brought justification. Justification means that you never did it. You never did it. Although the sin is there, he says you never did it. Why? Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Meaning there is no removal of sin. Jesus, when he died and resurrected, removed our sins from us. The record was cleaned. Our sin record was cleared out. When you receive Jesus in the in the book of G of God, you have never sinned. Why? Because of his death. This is amazing. Because that thing had to come out for us to be able to get back to God, for us to be able to receive resurrection back into the hands and fellowship of God and then into his agenda. And for us to be able to get into the agenda of God, back into the agenda of God, for us to be able to get back into the fellowship with God, back into life with God, it had to be through somebody dying and resurrection, and resurrecting for us. That is why Apostle Paul said, now the life I live is not for me, it's for Christ. Why? Because when he died, I died in him. And when he arose, I arose in him. Now I am hidden in Christ and his life is my life. I have no life of my own. That is the meaning of restoration. Coming back means that that which prevented you from getting closer to God has been taken away because of Jesus. So if through one man, Adam, sin came into this world, then through one man, Jesus, salvation righteousness grace has also come for many who believe so the coming in of jesus the entrance of jesus into this world was to deal with the penalty first of all and to remove the sin so that even in future his blood can still speak for us because sin as long as the devil is here he will continue to tempt us into sinning. So Jesus made provision to help us fight and overcome it. So that we can consistently be with God and never to be separated. Oh, hallelujah. This is, this is beautiful. Now, listen to this. Let me read. Um, no, before I read this, let's take a song. Let's take a song and then let me drink some water. I'll I'll get back. God bless you. Let's take a let's take a song. Mm. Mommy, yeah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah, somebody. Yes. So let's continue. I want to read another uh, translation. Let me take this from the messenger. Same scripture. Romans 5. So Romans 5 from 12 to 17. I like the way the messenger Bible puts it. This is how the messenger Bible puts it. He says, you know the story of how Adam landed us in the dilemma we are in. You see, it's very practical. First, sin. Then, death. And no one exempt from either sin or death. That sin, what sin? The sin of Adam. That sin disturbed relations with God in everything and everyone. But the extent of the disturbance was not clear until God spelled it out in detail to Moses. So death, this huge abyss separating us from God, dominated the landscape from Adam to Moses. Even those who didn't sin precisely as Adam did, by disobeying a specific command of God, still had to experience this termination of life. This separation from God. But Adam, who got us into this, also points ahead to the one who will get us out of it. This is amazing. Oh, glory to God. Yet, the rescuing gift is not exactly parallel to the death-dealing sin. If one man's sin put crowds of many at the dead-end abyss of separation from God, just think what God's gift poured through one man Jesus Christ will do. There is no comparison between that death-dealing sin and this generous life-giving gift. The verdict on the one on the one sin was the death sentence the verdict on the many sins that followed was the wonderful life sentence if death got the upper hand through one man's wrongdoing can you imagine the breathtaking recovery life makes absolute life in those who grasp with both hands this widely extravagant life gift, this grand setting, everything right, the one man Jesus Christ provides. So Jesus has brought us back. I'm telling you the beginning of why Jesus had to come. Jesus has now brought us through his sufferings on the cross through the wild penalty that he had to suffer because of the sins of Adam that has come unto all of us 
both alive and yet to be born. The beautiful work of Jesus on the cross. The beautiful work of Jesus on the cross has removed the barrier between man and God. Praise God, somebody. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So now, now that Jesus has come and he has made it a free gift, this is how the Messenger Bible puts it. Wildly extravagant life gift. Grand certain. Everything right. That is the life Jesus brought. That is, that is the meaning of salvation. That is the meaning of the grace, the righteousness Jesus brought. To have us back to the Father. He calls, he calls it, he calls it wildly extravagant life gift. Grand certain everything right. <laughs> so it is wildly extravagant. It's like it is too good to be true. That is extravagant. Too good to be true. No word, no, no human words are able to describe into detail the beautiful life Christ has brought to us. It is called Zoe. Z-O-E. Zoe. The God life. The God life. Jesus has brought us Zoe. He has brought us the God life. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody shout, I have the God life in me it, it is wildly extravagant it is grand certain it it is grand certain like if you take your phone and you go to factory reset <laughs> you, are, you are removing everything to bring it to the original state it is grand certain it is everything right it makes every the, the life Jesus brought makes everything right no longer to be separated from God. No longer to miss his agenda. No longer to hide from his presence. No longer to blame anyone because the life of Jesus has settled it. <sighs> okay, let me conclude it for today. This is the conclusion, okay? And then we continue next week. Please remember tomorrow is Sunday and we are here for Sunday Miracles, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Let me conclude it from verse 18 to 19 of Romans chapter 5. Let me conclude it. Here it is in a nutshell. Just as one person did it wrong and got us all in this trouble with sin and death, another person did it right and got us out of it but more than just getting us out of trouble he got us into life one man said no to god that is adam and put many people in in the wrong one man said yes to god that is jesus and put many in the right <laughs> what does what, what does it mean we don't have an excuse anymore 
because that thing has been dealt with. One man said no to God. Adam said no to God's instruction. He disobeyed God and got us into trouble. Jesus said yes to God. Remember, Apostle John said, when the, when the voice, the question was asked, who is worthy to unseal the seven seals of the book? The whole heaven was quiet. John said, I cried. But the angel told me, don't cry, because the lamb that was slain is worthy to touch the book and unseal the seven seals. I mean, this is beautiful. That lamb that was slain, that is Jesus. Jesus was the only worthy person. It's like God couldn't find anybody worthy enough, not even angels, not even anything. Nobody was worthy enough to purchase us from death, to bring us from death. God himself had to become Jesus in order to have that blood spotless, clean enough to set us free. Father, we give you praise and we thank you. This is amazing. If you are listening to me, you have not committed yourself to receive salvation from Jesus. All you have to do is to say, Jesus, come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior. Yeah. Just as one person did it wrong and got us in all this trouble with sin and death, another person did it right and got us out of it. But more than just getting us, getting us out of it, out of trouble, he got us into life. One man said no to God. And put many people in the wrong. One man said yes to God. And put many in the right. Hallelujah. <sighs> Let's meet tomorrow for Sunday Miracles. And by the grace of God, next week Saturday we will continue. And go deeper and go deeper and go deeper. I hope you enjoyed today's um, fellowship. Because I did. You know, I did. And I'm so happy. I'm so happy you know, to know Jesus. And it, it never gets old what Jesus did for us. It never gets old. God bless you. And if you want today's message, I can send it straight to your phone through text message or WhatsApp. So just send me a message that you want me to send the message to you. I'll send it to you so that you can have time to listen to it well, you know, and understand more and you see, as you are listening to it, the Holy Spirit will even give you more revelation. All right. And then you can share it with other people also. Yeah. So when I, I send it to you, it will come in a picture form. Tap on the picture. The, the whole thing will open. All my old messages, new ones, everything will be there. And uh, you just enjoy it. God bless you. I thank you for being part of today's fellowship. Let's meet tomorrow for Sunday Miracles. All right. Okay. God bless you. Let me pray for you in the name of Jesus. May God bless you with sweetness of life. God bless you with life satisfaction when it comes to your desires and your heart prayers. I pray that heaven will answer your heart cries and any difficult thing become very easy. God who is able to part the waters by the blast of his nostrils, is able to help you with everything that you're going through. Receive help from God and let angels minister to you 
in testimonies, in miracles, in happiness, in growth, in everything that concerns your life. You are blessed, highly favored, you and your household. Nothing disconnects you from the grace of God. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Enjoy the song. And I have to also prepare myself for another appointment. So God bless you. And we shall meet tomorrow. I'm grateful. God bless you. Amen.
Jesus. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Now the mention of his name, Jesus. That sickness has to leave in the name of Jesus. Now the mention of his name, Jesus. Tonight. You want to live in the same? I want you to tell them that problem. 
He's here, he's here, he's here. He's here, he's here. Read that, he's here. 